What's his name? Jesus. What's his name? Jesus. Hallelujah. <laughs> Man, it's a blessing and an honor to be behind this pulpit once again. Pastor Raymond, I want to thank you so much for this opportunity. You know, I stumbled across this, this letter. Um, I was looking online, and I come across this letter, um, and I'm just going to read it to you. And it goes a little something like this. Um, Dear Marty, I have been unable to sleep since I broke off your engagement to my daughter. And will you please forgive and forget? And he goes on to say, I was much too sensitive about your mohawk haircut, your tattoos, and your pierced nose. And now I realize motorcycles aren't really that dangerous. And I really should not have reacted the way that I did about the fact that you've never held a job. And then he goes on to say, I am also very sure that some other very nice people live under the bridge in the park, too. And sure, my daughter is only 18 and wants to marry you instead of going to Harvard on a full scholarship. But after all, you can't learn everything about life from books. Says, I sometimes forget how backward I can be. And I was wrong. And I was a fool. And I have come to my senses. And you have my full blessings to marry my daughter. Sincerely, your future father-in-law. And then at the bottom of the letter, he says, P.S. Congratulations on winning the lottery. So he okayed his daughter to marry this guy because he won the lottery. And today I want to speak on the subject of check your motives. Everybody say check your motives. Say it one more time. Check your motives. Coming out of Proverbs chapter 21, starting at verse 2 in the word of the Lord reads. People may be right in their own eyes, but the Lord examines their motives. And a motive is the, underlying, is the underlying reason for any action or a hidden reason for any action. There's always something hidden in the actions that we do. But I can't talk about the motives without first talking about the flesh. And we all know about the flesh, and I'm not talking about the physical body. I'm talking about the natural man's way of thinking. We go over this every single day, but the flesh is something that we war against every day, all day long. The Bible says that that is the battle that never stops. It's constantly warring the flesh and the spirit. The old man and the new man is constantly at war trying to live through me. So my mind is a little jacked up. My motives may be a little off. And because of our flesh, you know, that was shaped by our, our families and our environment and our circumstances and our social influences or whatever touched our lives, those will also begin to shape your motives. Father, in the mighty name of Jesus, I thank you so much, Lord God, for everything that you're doing, everything you're about to do, Father God, and everything that you've already done. Holy Spirit, fall fresh on us and release a fresh anointing right now. Anoint me to deliver this message the way that you want your children to hear it. In the mighty name of Jesus, allow me to be a blessing to this evening, Father. In the mighty name of Jesus, amen. 
And I began to realize that if I'm not careful with my motives, um, I can become, my motives can become impure, selfish, and very, 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 very deceptive. Very, very deceptive. See, Proverbs chapter 16, verse 2, it says, and the word of the Lord reads, all a person's ways may seem pure to them, but motives are weighed by the Lord. Get this, there was a little time ago um, that we were on the servanthood, you know, the servanthood series. Y'all remember that? We were doing the servanthood uh, series, and I had I got all excited about listening to it, and what I did was I tried to apply it to my marriage, right? So what I would do was, after I heard a sermon, I would go and I would apply everything that they were preaching about. I went and I applied it to my marriage, so I started serving my wife. I started washing the dishes. I started, as bad as I hate feet, I would started to rub her feet, right? And then I was telling Pastor Raymond that I was doing that, and then I was telling Miss Heather that I was doing that, and she goes, well, how's that working out for you? And I go, it's working out pretty good, I think. But then what began to happen is I wasn't receiving the response that I was wanting. So me serving was (laughs) short-lived. But my motives was wrong. And I didn't realize it at first. The human heart is actually, it's corrupt, man, and it's deceitful and it's wicked. In Jeremiah 17, 9, this is what the Lord says to Jeremiah about the human heart. And the word of the Lord reads, he says, the human heart is the most deceitful of all things and desperately wicked. And who really knows how bad it is? But I, the Lord, search all hearts and examine secret motives. What makes the heart so deceitful is that our own heart, it deceives us. Remember, a way that makes things right to a man will also lead to death. And we begin to do stuff, man, that seems right to us. We begin to serve, it seems right to us. We begin to pull people close, man, it seems right to us. It really does. But there's always a motive in behind it. Is your motive pure? Or is it impure? Do you have an ulterior motive? Are you pulling that person in for what you can get from them? Are you pouring into that person because you want something from them? Are you trying to get this person to stay on this job because they make your job easier? We can even pretend or think that we are doing something for God or for the benefit of others when in reality we have selfish motives. And everybody say, check your motives. Everybody say, check your motives. This is tough. This is tough. Man, I was studying and I looked and I I realized how jacked up I was. I realized just how jacked up I was. Can we be real here? Can we be real here? Man, we are jacked up. And it's the flesh we were born like that. Born in sin, shaped in iniquity. That's who we are. But thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. I want to read something to y'all real quick. This is out of uh, Romans chapter 7. And starting at verse 14, the word Lord reads. So the trouble is not with the law. This is Paul now. He says that the trouble is not with the law, for it is spiritual and good. The trouble is with me. Everybody say, the trouble is with me. 
The trouble is with me, for I am all too human, a slave to sin, and I really don't understand myself. I really don't understand myself. Everybody say, I really don't understand myself. Why do I do what I do? Why do I say what I say? Why do I go where I go? I don't know. I don't get it. I don't understand. I don't. But there is a way that appears to be right, but in the end it leads to death. And the only way change come in this matter right here, what I'm talking about right here, the motive, is we must be brutally and painfully honest with ourselves. And let's be real, even our own motives tend to become selfish and impure. And unless we guard and govern them with, by the regular application of God's word, that way they seem right to us might just lead to death. Everybody say, check your motives. It might lead to death. And you see, often instead of checking our motives and actions against the word of God, the will and the ways of the word of God, we measure them to the world's ungodly ways and standards. Or better yet, we check them to the person next to us or the person that we're serving, yet I even got a better one. We'll even check our motives to the person that we talk about, the person we don't even like. The person that we think is corrupt, yeah. What we try to do is we try to measure or we try to check our motives to theirs, to them. To try to make ourselves look better and feel better. Everybody say, check your motive. And we need to make sure that our motives, uh, our motives line up with the word of God. And I'm saying all this because our motives don't change. Hold on. I'm saying this because our motives, that if our motives don't change, we will be returning back to our mess. Yeah, as a dog returns back to his vomit, so a fool's repeat his folly. If we don't change our motives, if we don't change our motives, we will return back to our mess. I promise you. Get this, and when I left the home, I was, I had good intentions, right? And like I tell the guys in the home, good intentions, all good intentions get you is, here we go again. When I used to get out to penitentiary, I'd tell myself, hey, man, I'm going to get a job. I'm going to do good. I'm not going to get high again. I'm going to do this. I'm going to do that. And all it got was, here we go again. That's all my good intentions. That all my good intentions got. My motives, that's all my motives got me. But many of us, what we do is we come to Jesus with selfish motives, right? We come in and we say, hey, I want my wife back. I want my kids back. I want a better job. I want a position that makes me look good, that gives me status. And I want to be popular and I want to have some control over some things. And I want to get clean and I want to show them. I want to show them that I can do it, that I can make it. And that was one of my problems. My motive was when I was here the first time, all I wanted to do was to show all those people that thought that I wasn't going to make it, all those family members that gave up on me, the people that said I was no good, I wanted to show them that I could do better, but my motives was wrong. Everybody say, check your motive. I was jacked up. So what I did was I went back out there. On those jacked up motives, right? On the jacked up motives with the messed up heart. I went back out there and I got a good job. and I got a home and all that stuff. And then next thing you know, 
just like a good intention, here we go again. Here we go again. But that's okay, man. Whatever it took to get you here, whatever made you come to Jesus, well, thank you, Jesus. I promise you he's not doing any tripping. All things work out for the good of those that love the Lord called according to his purpose. It don't matter how you came as long as you came. Thank you, Jesus. <laughs> right? But a lot of us miss what I like to call the great transition. The great transition. Transitioning from God just doing for us to us doing something for God. And that is our problem. I was taking, 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 taking is what I began to do. I began to take all these blessings. I got my inheritance. I withdrew from my account of my inheritance. And I went out there into the world and I tried to do my own thing just to lose it all. Great transition. I missed it. I missed it. And I believe a lot of people backslide or they never walk in the fullness of Christ or never walk in their calling because they never make the great transition. Their motives, they never change. They keep on taking and taking and taking and taking and taking, and they forget that first seek the kingdom of God, and all these things shall be added unto thee. First seek the kingdom of God. Not first seek a wife. Not first seek your family. Not first seek a good job position. Not seeking all these things. It's first seek the kingdom of God, and all these things shall be added unto thee. You look at the mighty men of God that we know and that we have in our lives. First they sought the kingdom of God. Then they became blessed. And that's why they stay blessed. So, Ken, what are his right motives, pure motives? Oh, well, I'm glad you asked because I'm about to tell you. I sure am. In 1 Thessalonians chapter 2, verse 4, in the word of the Lord reads, Our purpose is to please God, not people. He alone examines the motives of our heart, and we should want God to get the glory and all we do and all we say and all of our deeds. And God is more interested in our motives than our actions. He is more interested in our motives than our actions. Let me tell you something. You can do a good thing with bad motives. And you can do a bad thing with good motives. You can actually do a bad thing with good motives. And get this, in 1 Corinthians uh, chapter 4, verse 5, and it says, When Jesus comes again, he will bring light to what is hidden in darkness and will expose the motives of the heart. And at that time, each will receive their praise from God, and God wants us to know that he sees what no one else sees. See, and a lot of people, what they like to believe is that when it's talking about that, that it's saying the stuff that you do behind closed doors, that's the stuff that God will expose. But that's not exactly it. What it is, is the things that you do in front of everybody that look good. He's exposing what's in your heart for real. Why are you doing ministry? Why are you talking to that person? See, I had to check my motives. I had to check my motives. And when I be honest with myself, I got some jacked up motives. I really do. 
I began to realize the only reason why I'm talking to this person is because of this, and the only reason why I'm giving to this person is because of that. Get this, I had a guy coming to the home one time, and I gave him, I went to my house and got clothes for him. He didn't have to go to the donations. I went to my house and got clothes for him. And then one day he gets blessed with a Bible out on route, a study Bible that I wanted. And he didn't give the Bible to me. He gave it to somebody else. And you know what the first thing popped in my head? I bet that person he gave that Bible to didn't give him no new shoes. It didn't give him no clothes. The first thing, I didn't say it out loud. I just said it to myself. But then I realized at that point that when I gave it to him, my motives wasn't bad. But then all of a sudden, whenever he had the opportunity to pay me back, my motives became bad, which means the whole time, man, my motives was bad anyways. And I didn't even realize it. Everybody say, check your motives. Please check your motives. Because you're going to have to answer for that one day. And when I realized I was going to have to answer for this, every night when I pray, you know what I say? Hey, Lord, please examine my heart. Please, if there's anything that's in it, if I got any motives that is not of you, please shine your light on it and let me know. And then show me, show me, please, how to walk worthy of the calling because I know I've been called by you. And I know that my heart can't be like this and me serve you at the same time. I know it can't be like this or I'm going to lose it all. I'm going to lose my family. I'm going to lose my mind. Both of them. I will. Because I know me in the flesh, I'm a beast. Me in the flesh, I'm a beast. And if I don't check my motives because of my flesh, because my flesh and my motives, they walk hand in hand. It's like they're married. It's like they're engaged. It's like they're always loving on each other. Yeah. The flesh. And God knows why we do what we do. And he desires to reward those whose heart is right toward him. And we can keep our motives pure by continually surrendering surrendering every part of our hearts to the control of the Holy Spirit. Every single part, even the part that you know is dirty, especially the part that's dirty, give it to him. He wants to take it. He wants you to serve him with a pure heart. He don't want your motives to be ulterior, for you to have ulterior motive and behind the things that you're doing. You got to check your motives. Check it with this right here, with the word of God. Zach the other night was talking about a, a, a what do you call it, a thinking swifter? Swiffer? Swifter? Sifter. Sifter. Right? A thinking sifter. Something he had to sift his, his thinking through. Get this, well, I got, a, I got a motive sifter. I got a motive sifter. I got some questions that you need to ask yourself where, so you can determine whether your motives are pure or whether your motives are impure. The first question, number one, y'all better write these down. Y'all better write, write these down because them bad motives will creep up. And if we keep it real, we got to keep it real with ourselves. The only way, get this, the only way this, this thing is going to work is if you be real with yourself. And it's so easy for us not to be real with ourselves, and we, ended up, we end up messed up, really jacked up. See, for me, I keep it real with myself. That's why I, when I get up here and preach, I don't preach about nothing. I don't know nothing about it. When I'm preaching, I'm preaching to myself. I promise you I am. The first one, if no one knows that what I am doing if no one knows what I am doing, which is giving, serving, and sacrificing, will I still do it? If nobody knows you're in there washing dishes, are you still going to wash dishes? 
if nobody knows that you're that you're baking bread, are you still gonna bake bread? Huh? If nobody knows, are you still gonna do it? If nobody's there patting you on the back, are you still gonna do it? If nobody's there telling you good job, are you still gonna do it? Are you? Okay. Y'all got that one? Number two. If there was no visible payoff for doing this, would you still do it? If you wouldn't get no paycheck, would you still do it? Hmm? If you wouldn't get no money, would you still do it? Number three, would I joyfully take a lesser position if God asked me to? If I wouldn't lead no evangelism teams or fundraising teams, would I still serving? Would I still do it? If I didn't get to get up here and open up service or, or preach every now and then, would I still stay here? Would I do it? If I wasn't in a, if I wasn't in a life, nobody saw me, would I still do this? Would I still do this? That's, these are questions you got to ask yourself. How about this? Would you do this? Would you stay here? If you came here to try to get your family back and you didn't get your family back, would you still stay here? Let's be real. If you don't get your wife back or your husband back, would you still stay here? What is your motives? Because we always come wanting something. We really do. It's our nature to take, to take, to take, to take, to take. That's our nature. But what if you don't get what you're here for? What if you don't get what you're serving for, what you're working for? What if you don't get it? Are you still going to do it? Am I doing this for the praise of others or how it makes me feel? Let me tell you something, man. Feelings are for cakes and pies. I promise you. Something I want is I don't feel like getting up out of bed and coming here. But I don't do it based on how I feel. I don't. Get this. I don't even do it for what I get. I do it because I want to see y'all guys make it, man. I want to pour into y'all, man. I want to go out there. I want to tell somebody about Jesus. I want somebody to have an encounter with Jesus Christ like I did that life-changing encounter, that life-changing encounter. That encounter with them that can take somebody that everybody gave up on and turn them into something beautiful. Neck bone. This is a big one right here, number five. If I had to suffer for continuing what God has called me to do, would I continue? If I had to, to suffer, if you had to suffer, if you had to give up something, if you had to give up time with your family to do this, would you do it? That was a hard one for me. I ain't lying. I love spending time with my family. But I had to ask myself, if Zach calls me and says, hey, Ken, I need you to come in on my day off, would I do it with a cheerful heart? Would I do it? That's a tough one. Would you do it when you suffer, when everybody here getting on your nerves? Or how about this one? How about when everybody talking bad about you? How about when you are the most unpopular person in the whole home? How about when they calling you Heliot instead of Elliot? Are you still going to do this thing? Huh? Are you still going to do it? 
Everybody say check your motives. If others misunderstand or criticize my actions, will I stop? If others misunderstand or criticize my actions, will I stop? If you misunderstand me or misunderstand what's going on or criticize me, am I going to quit doing this? And number seven, if those who I'm serving never show gratitude or repay me in any way, will I still do it? Would you still buy something for a homeboy and not expect anything back? As a matter of fact, would you give them something or buy something for them? And when they get something and you feel like you need, would you still be nice to them if they don't pay you back? Because that's what I went through that. I went through that. He got blessed. And when I seen him get blessed, I felt like he should have been blessing me. Yeah, check your motives. Check your motives. See, I had to check my motives. See, the heart of a man is deceitful. My own heart deceives me. And that's what makes it so bad, man. The things that I think that I'm doing right, man, when I look deep into it, man, my motives are bad. My motives are wrong. I shouldn't be going over there. Why am I going over there? Because my motive is bad. Why am I talking to her? Because my motive is bad. Why? <laughs> motives is bad. We got to check our motives. And do I judge my success or failure based upon my faithfulness to what God has asked me to do or how I compare with others? Maybe God is calling me to usher. Am I going to compare myself to the one that he's calling to preach? And I base my success on that. Am I going to base my success on you leading evangelism teams uh, or, and, and, me just being, uh, 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 and me just being one of the evangelizers? Am I still going to serve with no position? Am I still going to serve because you have a higher position than me? Am I still going to serve just as hard and just as faithful as you are? Or am I going to? Yeah, that's it. Go ahead and say it again. Or am I going to trip? Because that's what a lot of us be doing. We be tripping. When you're here with some jacked up motives, it's time to go through a great transition, man. You got to have a great transition, man. It's a great transition. If you don't go through the great transition, you're going to be out of there. I promise you. I've been through it. And some of y'all have too. Because you went out there with the wrong motives. And you can only go so long with some bad motives. You can only go so long on them. Yeah, we can always tell when somebody's motors run bad because they, because they can't get going. Get this, they want to be a lion, but when it's time to be a lion, they can't be a lion when it's time to be a lion. Ain't right, Ellie? They can't be that lion then. Can't be a lion because their motives is bad. Motives jacked up. Every time they go tell on somebody, they acting like they telling on them because they love them when really they telling on them to knock them down because they're jealous of them. I've seen it with my own two eyes, and it disgusts me. It really does. Always talking about this. You know what I'm saying? Check your heart, man. Check your motives. Get this. Get this. If you really love somebody and your motives are really good, pure, you know what you'll tell them? Look, man, me and you finna go tell. Me and you finna go say something to Zach about this. Me and you finna say something to Zach about this. Get this. There was a guy in the home. 
um, he was here a couple years ago, uh, Randy. Y'all remember Randy? Well, he had got drunk on route, <laughs> right? Stupid drunk, right? And uh, he gets in the vehicle, and he's like, hey, Ken, man. Man, don't say nothing, man. First, he was trying to convince me he wasn't drunk, right? Then he said, man, don't say nothing. I said, you know what, man? I said, you know what? I said, me and you finna go to Zach together. Because I want you to change, man. I don't want you to be like this. And, man, he went, me and him went to Zach together, man. And I, I get this. I ain't never seen nobody do discipline with a smile on their face like that. Ever. Zach, you remember that smile, don't you? I ain't never seen nobody do, a di- do this, but, but he knew that we loved him. He knew that our motives was right. He knew we had pure motives. We had no ulterior motive behind giving him this one or me going to say something about him. Because I didn't do it behind his back. I didn't do it with no bad motives. I did it with a pure heart. Yeah. Man, we got to love one another, man. And quit tripping. God is no respect of a person. The same thing he's doing for me, the same thing he's going to do for you or better. I tell the guys all the time, man, God going to bless you more than he blessing me. And I'm blessed. I'm blessed, man. But he wants to bless you even more. And I promise you, man, you're going to be blessed even more if you just stay put. You ain't got to be no hater. You better check yourself before you wreck yourself. So I'm serious. Better check yourself before you wreck yourself. I'm going to close with Psalms. I had a worship team can come up here. Hey, motives, man, motives. I would love to get up here and preach a sermon where everybody jumping up and down. You see what I'm saying? But one day, man, we're going to have to answer for our motives. We're going to have to answer for our heart, man. We're going to have to answer for that. And you don't want to be standing before God and him telling you, look, man, you did this right. You did full-time ministry. You were pouring into people. Man, but your heart was bad. You don't want to do that. Psalms chapter 9, verse 13 and 14, the word Lord reads. And this is David saying, Lord, have mercy on me. See how my enemies torment me. Snatch me back from the jaws of death. And save me so I can praise you publicly at Jerusalem's gates. And I can rejoice that you have rescued me. All he wanted was God to save him and deliver him. So that he can give him praise. So that he can get the glory. All I want to do is I want to serve God so he can get the glory. That's it. I want him to get the glory in what I do and what I say. The way I walk, man, I want him to get the glory, not me. And a lot of us, what we want to do is we want to use God so that we can get the glory. Instead of allowing God to use us so that he can get the glory. God, he can do it without us, man. He don't need us. He really don't. We're talking about he's God. He's God all by himself. He does not need us. But he wants us. He wants to share his glory with us. But our motives got to be right. Man, our heart got to be right. I'm going to tell you something very encouraging, man. We're talking about David here. David. 
who had his, his, his officer killed, man, cheated on him. He, uh, he slept with his wife, man, got her pregnant, and they had him killed. We're talking about God. They said that he is a man after God's own heart. He is a man after God's own heart, man. And look at what he did. So no matter how jacked up you are now or how jacked up you was, you can still be a man or woman after God's own heart. God can still use you. He wants to still use you. He still wants to share his glory with you. That's what he wants to do. He desires this. But you got to check your heart. Everybody say, check your heart. Check your heart. You got to check yourself before you wreck yourself. Father, in the mighty name of Jesus. Lord God, we jacked up. We're born in sin and we're shaped in iniquity. And sometimes, man, our thoughts we don't understand. Why we think the way we think, why we feel, how we feel the way we feel. Lord God, we just don't get it. The things that we want to do, the good things we want to do, we don't even do it in the wrong that we don't want to do. We keep on doing that. And the way that seemed right to us, Lord God, is going to lead to death. And we don't want that for ourselves. Lord God, we want you to get the glory in everything that we do and the way we walk and the way we talk, Lord God. We want you to get the glory in our lifestyle. We want people to be able to see you in us, Lord God. So release, Father God, a fresh anointing, Father God. Release it right now, Lord God, in the mighty name of Jesus. Search our motives, Father God. If there's anything in us, Lord God, that's not of you, Lord God. If there's anything that we've done that we be thinking, Father God, that's not of you, please remove it. Father God, we just want to serve you with a pure heart. We want to serve you with a pure heart, Lord God. We want our motives to be pure, Lord. Lord God, I claim, I claim right now, Father God, that we will follow you, Father God, that we will worship you, Father God, in everything that we do, Father God. In the mighty name of Jesus, amen.